to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. What is up, everybody? How is your day going? My name is Alex Iaquinto on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries, and today I am so excited to be back in the studio with you guys. Hope your day's going well um, as you're listening to this, maybe going to school, maybe going to work, wherever you are. Um, I'll let you know where I am and when I am, because uh, the when is far more crazy than the where. Obviously, you know where I am. It's my car. Um <laughs> It sounds ironic. It see it sounds ironic that I'm recording a podcast about why people are broke from my car. But listen, I do have a home. I could I could record it from my home. But this is just happens to be better quality. So don't be like he he's talking about being wealthy but recording a podcast from his car. It's a choice. When am I uh, it is currently 1 o'clock a.m., my friends. Uh, why is it so late? Because life is crazy. And uh, don't stop. We don't stop. We don't stop. There's no no rest. We grind. It's okay, though. This is my favorite thing to do. And uh, I've been looking forward to it all day. So let's 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 talk about it. Let's get into it. You know, I always I always debate with myself how much like talking I should do in the beginning cuz I'm wondering like all right, there's are there's is there a certain group of people that are like just logging on to hear the word and they don't want to hear my incoherent thoughts about random things um as the pregame. But then again, who cares? Then again, I've got the mic and you don't. So put that in your pipe and friggin' smoke it. <laughs> but we won't get into too much too much extra biblical biblical thought today since it is one o'clock in the morning um by the way rule number one of like podcasts is not telling you not telling the audience where when it was recorded because that dates it and then the audience audience feels disconnected but just try to use your imagination imagine that i'm actually in your car talking to you right now like if you're alone in the car and you're driving, turn to your right. Look, it's Alex. He's talking to you about the Bible. If you're alone in your room, don't don't imagine that I'm in your room alone. That's kind of creepy. Um <laughs> let's get into it today. Um here's here's the title of today's episode. Why am I broke? Four culprits of poverty. Why am I broke? Four culprits of poverty. Today, uh, we're talking about finances. We're talking about money, um, partially because it's been in my spirit a lot for the past month. Um, it's something that God is stretching my faith on and in the area of, and not in a bad way, in a good way, increasing me like I've never seen before. But with that comes, you know, faith for it. 
you, you you don't just you don't just walk into things like that on accident. It's it's constant believing and pressing towards and reading the word of God concerning it. So naturally it's been in my spirit. But I want to pass it on to you not just because it's been in my spirit, but because it is such a vital thing for young people to get at a young age and I really and I and I'm saying this honestly, I don't know that any like I can't think of any like youth group <laughs> other than like uh, the exception of a few that would even talk about money. Like I can think of two right now that would probably talk about money. But other than that, like if I'm if I'm like being real, I I don't think I think money is like the least talked about. I mean, imagine it's not even talked about in church in general. So if they avoid it in church like it's the plague, imagine how, like Sunday morning, imagine how <laughs> how much youth pastors are dodging the, the concept of money. When's the last youth group service you went to, and this isn't to undermine your youth group, but where, where they, they taught on giving? If they did, if you can remember and you've been taught on giving from your youth group or from your youth pastor... You're going to a great, great youth group, a great church. But I guarantee there's not a lot of people who grow up in a youth group or grow up in a youth ministry or even a Sunday morning church, a Sunday morning service where they teach on giving, teach on finances, biblical economics, teach on prosperity, on how to just practical things on how to be successful in the area of finances and it's so dumb because if you if you're trying to if your goal is to equip young people for for life <laughs> and you ignore finances you're ignoring a pretty big portion of life i mean and then then it causes people i mean number 1 then then kids have no clue they just go straight into debt make tons of terrible decisions with money handle it terribly, then they come back to in, in 10 years and realize they've made a huge mistake. Why? Because they haven't been taught. And it's not their fault. It's because youth pastors are scared to death. And pastors in general are scared to death to talk about money. But it's it's one of the things that you deal with the most day to day. So why is there no teaching on it? Like, like none. And if you'll, and if you do have teaching on it, you go to a good church, stay on the, in that church, stay plugged in. But I don't think that money is something that should only be taught to adults. Finances, how how to how to become wealthy. That's not an adult subject. I wish we had more successful young people. You don't have to wait until you're 50 to be a financial wonder. You can be it at 20, at 19. So we're going to get into this because teenagers and young adults have a tendency to be terrible with money. It's a trope, but it's true. Teenagers and young adults and people in high school, college, into their early years tend to be terrible with money and it's not because they're not making money 
It's because they suck at handling it. But I want to I want to get into to four reasons, four culprits of poverty and being broke. If so, if you've asked yourself the question recently, why am I broke? This podcast is for you. If you if you're not in that position and you're doing well, this is still for you. It'll put guardrails on your life. It's like a checklist, just like the last episode, a checklist to see am I doing these things right? The, these are pretty practical. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying like none of these points are prey. By the way, none of these points have anything to do with prayer. Is prayer bad? No. You should pray concerning your finances. But if all we talk about, you know, people understand that you have to cuz a lot of the times if you ask someone like a question that you're looking <laughs> to have a real answer to like how am I? How do I become successful in this? And the person just, well, go press into God, you know, pray. Okay, yeah, 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 I do, I do pray, I do press into God. Like, what, what practical steps did you take to get there? Well, just press it. No, no. What, what did you do? Because there's actions you have to take. There's systems you put in place. So we're not getting so ethereal today. All of these things are action things. Except for one that's a mindset thing. I guess two are mindsets. Two are actions, two are mindsets. So if you if you ask yourself the question, why am I broke? Meaning you're in high school, you have literally no money, or you're close to it, you're in college, you, you know, it's such a cliche, and it's so accepted as as normal. I, wa- I want you today, before... Before we get into any of this, I want you to understand two things. Understand two things. It's countercultural, but understand this. Because it's the basis by which we're going to understand this whole thing. It's a foundation. Because if you know me, if you know this ministry, if you know Miracle Word Ministries, if you know my uncle and my aunt, you know that we believe in the blessing of God. We believe in prosperity. But I want you to understand something. Number one, and you can write this in your notes. You can write this wherever. Number one, foundational understanding. It is not normal to be broke. Period. As a kid, as a Christian. So as a Christian, it is not normal to be broke. As a kid, as a young adult, as a teenager, as a 35-year-old, as a 45, it's not normal to be broke. You hear people talk all the time, well, that was college days, so you know we were broke. We had no money to our... Okay, that's that may be normal for America, but it's not normal in the kingdom. It's not. So don't don't have a light regard for being broke. God never wants you to be broke. God wants you to be blessed. And, and if I don't get off of this, we're just going to talk about God's will of prosperity. But I, I'm, I'm going off of the basis that you already understand that. And if you, do, if you don't understand that and you, you have no idea what I'm talking about, the fact that God wants you to be financially blessed, fi- abundantly supplied in finances till overflow, go check out our, our second ever podcast, second or third ever podcast. 
It's called Don't Believe the Poverty Gospel. Don't Believe the Poverty Gospel. Listen to it and get back to me. Because we're going off of that understanding. God wants you to be rich. I mean, that's that. That's that. We're going to go to a, a scripture that's been stirring in my heart. Just as like a foundational thing. And we'll get into the four points and they're going to go fast. So boom, 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 boom. But just understand this. The book of Psalms. The 112th Psalm. The 112th Psalm. Let's see. It's one o'clock, y'all. So, okay. all right. We'll start reading from the from verse one. Psalm 112, verse one. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in His commandments. His offspring will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. I want you to think in your heart. That's me. Listen to this. Talking about the generation of the upright. So, the generation of the upright, meaning holy, meaning walks uprightly in righteousness, in holiness. That's me. That's you will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Wealth and riches should be in your house. Wealth and riches as your inheritance as a righteous person, someone who walks uprightly. I could pull up thousands of scriptures on that, but that's the one I chose. So understand that. God doesn't want you to be broke. If you're broke now, you don't have to be broke. God purchased the blessing of Abraham for you. But we're going to get into four practical culprits, four practical culprits that you can actually change every single one of these today. And by the end of this podcast, all of these things can change and you can be in position to be blessed. Why are you broke? Why... If you're asking yourself, why am I broke? Four points. Four culprits. Ready? Number one. We'll go through this one very quickly. Number one. Why, why are you broke? Number one. You do not tithe and you do not give. You do not tithe and you do not give. Obviously, when I say you, I'm not talking to you. I'm saying to the hypothetical person that asks, why am I broke? Because many Christians do ask that question. Maybe not out loud, but they say it in their heart. Why am I broke? Malachi chapter 3. Understand this, young people. If no one's taught you to tithe yet, I want this to be the episode where you understand what tithing is and giving. Malachi chapter 3, we'll start in verse 6. This is God speaking. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your fathers, you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. This is what God says. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, talking about the people of Israel. But the people of Israel say, how shall we return? God says, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. Yet you say, how have we robbed you? God says, in your tithes and in your offerings, you are cursed with a curse. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, 
the whole nation of you. So this is the fix. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and therefore and thereby put me to the test says the lord of hosts if i will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour you out a blessing until there is no more need one translation until you don't have room enough to take it all in God says, if you do not tithe, you're robbing him. What is tithing? It's the 10% of your gross income. That means before taxes, before you get gas, before you pay anyone, before you pay the government, before you pay anything, social security, because you're by law, you have to, off the top, 10% off the top, be law, like, There's no question. It's not, you don't choose to tithe. Understand this. 100% of your money belongs to God. He's only asking for 10%. But get your mindset in in this vein of thinking. When I get my paycheck, I literally have trained myself. Like, let's say I get a paycheck for the week. For $2,000, $3,000, all right? I have trained myself that if it says 3000 on the paycheck, I don't see the number 3000 I see 2700 Why? Because 300 of that is immediately going into the kingdom of God. Why? Because that's my tithe. I'm not just choosing, all right, Lord, this week I'm going to give you money. No, no, there's no question about it. It's, it's, it's a given. It's happening. Because it's God's system. I could take you throughout the entire Bible on tithing. We could do a whole like series on tithing. But why are you broke? Because you do not tithe. This is what God says. These pe- the people of Israel did not tithe. God, number one, accused them of robbing God. They said, how have we robbed you? He says, in your tithes and in your offerings. And he said this, you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing God. When you don't tithe, it's like having a bag filled with holes in it. People say all the time, how can I, you know, I can't just live off 90%. I can't even live off 100%. How am I going to live off 90%? Well, let me tell you, 90% of blessed money goes a lot further than 100% of cursed money. One preacher said it like this, I'd rather have 90% blessed than 100% cursed. That's how I feel. And it's not even like I'm afraid of the curse. I tithe because number one, God said it. Number two, I love him. So you will continue, and this is as straightforward as I can possibly get without dancing around the point. You will continue to be broken poor until you tithe. And then you say, well, there's people that are rich that don't tithe. Well, like, let's let's take another part of this. God said, if you tithe, he'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. He will, personally. Well, what's the devourer? It spoke of a locust. 
in the day that would eat up the grain, the harvest. So God said, if you tithe, I will personally rebuke anything that eats away your money. That's a promise to tithers only. A promise to tithers only. What's a modern day devourer? Your car, your car breaking all of a sudden. Your tires always going out. Check engine light always on. If you're married, a newly married, your washer machine always going out. Just random things. Insurance going up. Just random things that it looks like everything just eats away at your money, eats away at your money. God said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. And then what's the final promise for tithers? Final promise. Bring the full tithe into the store so that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test. And let me compare this in another translation. NLT. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open up the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have room enough to take it all in. Understand? Look, check this out. Try it and let me prove it to you. Did you know that this area of tithing and giving is the only thing that God said put me to the test? Try it and let me prove it to you. This is the only thing. God didn't actually say this about healing. He didn't say it about salvation. Try to call on my name and let me prove it to you. He didn't say that. He said a concerning money. Tithe. Try it and let me prove it to you. See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that's so great. You won't have room enough to take it all in. If you're not a tither, don't even try to claim that verse. The windows of heaven are open over my life. Yet not unless you tithe. So that's a culprit of of poverty. Why am I broke? You don't tithe and you don't give. I could take a whole series on that. But for the sake of time. So what's what's the change you can make right now? Find your last paycheck and tithe off of it. If it's hard to do 10%, I don't know. You've got problems in your brain. Whatever the number is, times 0.10. And whatever that comes out to, not after taxes, not after you got gas, not after you got lunch, the gross amount, that means the amount off the top. Take that, take 10% of it, and tithe it into your local church. And ha- make a habit. If you have a fixed, if you have a, a fixed paycheck where you're getting a certain amount every single week, same amount, or or every two weeks, make it a a thing where it comes out automatically. Automatically, this much is coming out of my account, and it's going straight into the church. That's tithing. And on top of that, you do you you do offerings, because you haven't given an offering until you've completely tithed. Tithing is 10%. Offering is anything on top of that to make it very simple. So number one, you don't tithe or you you don't give. Number two, 
why am I broke? Four culprits of poverty. Number two, you don't work and you're lazy. This one's very practical. You don't work and you're lazy. Oh man, if I could, if I could have time on this one. If you don't, <laughs> sounds stupid to say, but it's, it, it needs to be said. If you don't work, why do you expect to be blessed financially? I'm serious. Like you, you probably like, I mean, there's some people that are thinking, okay, that's elementary, Alex. You obviously have to have a job. Well, apparently it's not that elementary because people want to claim Especially young young people. They want to claim the blessing verses. They don't even have a job. They don't work. Here's a rude awakening verse for you. <laughs> let me guess. Like let let's have let's have you guess. Is this in the New Testament or is this in the Old Testament? I bet if I did an on the street interview, is this in the New Testament or Old Testament? Ninety percent would get it wrong. For even when we were with you, we would not we would give you this commandment. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Old Testament or New Testament? I guarantee you most people on the street would say, that's Old Testament. Well, that sounds Old Testament. That doesn't sound like grace. Where's that found? 2 Thessalonians 3.10. New Testament, post-resurrection, gospel of grace, apostle of grace, Paul, writing to the... church in Thessalonica if you are if anyone is not willing to work let him not eat God expects busy work God expects you to take the talents that he's given you the skills and to put them to work that's how you glorify him with what you do so if you that's baseline. If you don't have a job, get a job and don't worry so much about what it is right now. If you have no job, like, listen, I understand if you're 15, I understand. Okay. That's, that's up to your parents. I mean, you know, at 15, I wanted to work and at 16, you know, but like if you're 25 and you don't have a job, something's wrong. And I'm not like generalizing that. I'm, I, I am, and I'm doing it on purpose. If you're 25 and you don't have a job, something's wrong. Like a, a, a job that you work a lot. Something's wrong. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat. That's Paul, the apostle. And then here's, let's, let's deal with another class of people. Lazy. That's what the Bible says. Proverbs 24, 33 through 34. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will rush upon you like a robber and want like an armed guard. You know, many people would like to make everything spiritual, but it really is just simple. If you're lazy, you'll become poor. If, you, if you're lazy in your job, you slack off, you don't work the hours, you don't work to the best of your ability, 
Poverty will come upon you like a robber. A promise from the Bible that you don't hear anyone quoting ever. You don't hear people... This isn't on people's confession boards, I promise you that. Be diligent. Be hardworking. I promise you, there's no limit to where God will take you if you're a hardworking, diligent person. I mean, just in the natural. Hard work breeds excellence. Hard work takes you to the top. And you will always be broke if you don't have a job, obviously. That's a given. You got to have a source of income. And number two, you'll always be broke if you're a lazy person. Ask yourself this question. Are you lounging around in your house for hours on end? Then ask yourself why. You go to school and then just laugh, like, how much can you do? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I'm just so not wired like that. I can't just sit around. It's just so against, I can't, I can't even think about that. Are you lazy? Like, be, be, uh, this shouldn't be like a podcast where I'm just beating you guys up, obviously. But like, be introspective. Understand yourself. Do you have tendencies to be lazy? And if you do, understand that if you want the blessing of God, if you want money in general, you've got to be a hardworking person. God does not like lazy people. I promise you that. God God sees laziness as wickedness. And we'll get to that in the next point. So that's that's pretty rudimentary. So number one, why are you broke? You do not give or you do not tithe. Number two, why are you broke? You don't work and or you're lazy. If you if you know what your ultimate calling is, right? Let's say you're in high school. All right. And you need a bridge. Like, okay, let's say you're if you're if your goal is to be in politics. You want to be a congressman, whatever, lawyer, whatever. Obviously pursue that. But in the meantime, you know, I think about it like, and I don't mean to always make it about ministry, but that's just what I'm always thinking about. When my uncle went to Bible college, he had a job in Bible college. You work while you're waiting. Me. Working. Before I got, you know. Always having a source of income. Not afraid to work. And don't be so choosy about... You know, I almost think that people don't understand that work is going to be work. Like, you could actually hear people say, like, I, I, I mean, I like the job, but, like, it just feels like work. Yup. <laughs> genius all right number three why why am i broke four culprits of poverty number three <laughs> this this definitely does sound like i'm it sounds like i'm in a bad mood right now i'm not in a bad mood 
these should be comforting to you if if you're checking these off the box. So it's just a reminder. But there are people right now that have not passed the first two. That's okay. And I'm not beating you over the head. It's 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 something that you need to change. And you could change it today. You can change it literally now. And and watch where God takes you. Watch where how your money grows. Just to, uh, because of these principles. Number three, you're a crappy steward of what you have already have been given. You're a crappy steward of what you already have. Matthew 25. Pretty famous. <laughs> Makes me laugh when people quote this because they're always... <laughs> let's, let's read this. Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. For it will be like a man going on a journey. This is a parable of Jesus. Who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents. To another... Okay, understand this because whenever people talk about the, the parable of the talents, they, it, may, it, like, it, it really is funny. People don't understand, and even pastors and preachers and stuff, don't understand that when Jesus is talking about your talents giving you talents. He's not talking about, you know, talents are, a are, you can read any study, any study Bible, any commentary, any footnote. A talent was a monetary unit worth about 20 years wages for a laborer. So when Jesus is talking about talents, he's not talking about that you can play hot cross buns on the recorder. When he's talking about talents, he's not talking about the fact that you're double-jointed. <sighs> could do a, a standing backflip. That's not what he's talking about. It's money. He's talking about money. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So he, so also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you as ruler over much. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And he also who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents here. I have made two more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Listen to this. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. All right, let's contrast that with the last one. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you have what is yours. But his master answered him, Get this, get this, please get this. You wicked and lazy servant. 
You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was mine with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten. For t- listen to this. Listen to this. Matthew twenty five twenty nine. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he cast the worthless servant into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The principle Jesus is talking about is stewardship. Stewardship. How do you handle what God has already given you? Whether it be small or large. This speaks of how you actually handle money once you have it. What's the first thing you do with money when it hits your account? Seriously. Let's let's be real. Go to your banking app. Find your number one exp- uh, expense. Is it at the gas station? <laughs> Buying ra- like worthless stuff? Is it just I don't know. I don't even know what people spend their money on. But how are you handling what God has already given you? Because understand something. If you're not faithful over a little, God, if you can't handle $100, why? W- what makes you think God will say, all right, let's give him 1000 No, he knows what you'll do with it. You do the same thing with $10,000 that you do with $100. Because it's the you that hasn't changed. So understand this principle, stewardship, doing well with what you've already been given. So why are you poor? Why are you broke? Possibly because you haven't done well with what you've already been given. I'd encourage people instead of just frittering away their money on, on worthless random crap, start investing. If you don't know where to start, I don't know. I mean, just start at least put it in a savings account. Start start doing well with what you've been given. Start giving from it. But if you can't handle even the small paycheck that you have now, what makes you think that God's going to double your paycheck? Because he already knows it's the, you'll do the same thing with it. You never get to a point where you say, all right, Lord, if you, if you give me a raise, then I'll start being better with money. No, you'll do the same thing. Do well with what you've been given. Because of this simple verse. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. If you're faithful over little, God will make you ruler over much. If you're faithful over little, God will make you ruler over much.
all right? Faithfulness in stewardship. How do you handle the money that you already have? And number four, many people will think this is the exact opposite of number three, but it's not. You're going to think that I just contradicted myself. So let's go over it. Number one, because you do not tithe and do not give. Number two, you don't work or you're lazy. Number three, you're a crappy steward of what you already have. And number four, why am I broke? Four culprits of poverty. Number four, stingy with money. Stingy with money. This is a mindset thing. Someone who is stingy with money. Someone who is cheap. You could say, Alex, I thought number three was handling your money well and not just throwing it away. And number four, you said don't be stingy. Well, yeah, being, being a good steward does not mean being stingy. It means taking great thought in where you're putting what God, the resources that God so carefully put into your hand. But what is terrible is when people get stingy with money. You can spot a cheap person from a mile away. Cheap people never will grow rich. It's, it can't happen. Cheap people won't grow rich. Because even in the natural, you think, okay, the way to grow rich is by, is by uh, saving, you know, not, not helping out, not giving, not getting the bill at the restaurant, not helping out my friend and giving him a ride, not doing this, not doing that, getting the brand names, getting the great value cereal, getting Honey O's. And not Cheerios. Cheap. Stingy. Cuts back giving. Cuts back your tithe. In the natural, that's that's the way to go. That's the way to accumulate more money. But in God's system, I want to read you a pretty interesting verse of scripture. That I think is so telling. And it's so true. You see it in the natural world all the time. Here it is. Proverbs 11.24. One, okay, this is comparing and contrasting two separate people. One who gets rich and one who grows poor. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want or lack. You would think the way to get rich and the way to increase financially is to cut back your giving, cut back your your generosity towards other people. But actually, God can't bless a stingy person. This is such a toxic trait. I hate it so much. That's why I've made it my goal. I'll never be this person. I'll never be the person, you know, it just, it irks, it irks my spirit right now. Just thinking about like being the person like, Hey, can you get dinner? I I, I just, I'll never, I'll never, it'll never be me. 
It'll be a cold day in hell when... <sighs> and you think I'm being dramatic about it, but it's just how my, how I operate. It'll be a cold day in hell if I if I ever am in your in in your city or in your town. We go out to lunch or whatever, and I ask you, "Hey, is it okay if you grab the bill?" Just because I've been spending a lot of money. No, it'll never happen. It's it'll never happen. My friends know that. I'm telling you, like you ask my closest friends, people that are closest to me. You have to fight me for the bill. And you have to... It'll be a cold day in hell when I ever ask someone to pay for me. Be A stingy person. Listen to this Bible verse again. One who gives freely. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. Rich people are givers. Rich people are generous. Because God notices that. And that's not wasting money. It's not wasting money to help other people. That's being a good steward. And I'm not just talking about offerings. First of all, you're, yes, you should be sowing lar large offerings. But I'm talking about just day to day. Day to day, are you being stingy with money? There's a difference between being a good steward and being stingy. Maybe this is just how my, my brain works too, but I, 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 I don't like going to the store and trying to save 13 cents on great value brand versus the, the name brand. It just, I'll never get cinnamon squares instead of cinnamon toast crunch. <laughs> it just, because uh, you got to think about it. If 13 cents is going to put you out of, out of commission, you've got big problems. And then people who get great value stuff. Always, always, I'm telling you, always. They'll always try to justify it. Actually, I like the great value stuff better. No, you don't. No, you don't. You just, you just don't want to give. You don't want to. Stingy people will never grow rich. I'm telling you. I got this from my parents. I got this from my aunt and uncle. Don't be stingy with money. In the natural, it's the it's the best way to, to save money, but I'm telling you, when you become that person, God doesn't trust you with money. Because if you ever got to the point where God told you to grab the bill, if even if it's 11 people eating and you couldn't do it, God will look, look somewhere else to bless. Look for some other person. That'll never be me. So let's break this down. Four, four culprits of poverty. Why am I broke? Number one, you do not give and you do not tithe. Number two, you don't work and you're lazy. Number three, you're a crappy steward 
again, not talking to you, talking to the hypothetical person. You're a crappy steward of what you already have and what God has already given you. And number four, you're stingy with money. Once you make all these changes in your life, I promise you, you'll see a difference. You can't not see a difference. It's what God said. It's the Bible. It works. Two of these are mindset issues. Actually, three of these are actions. One of them's mindset. But actually, they're all actions. Because they can all be applied today. Start tithing if you don't tithe. If you do tithe, start giving bigger. Start stretching your faith. Get a job and be diligent at it. Work hard at it. Do well with what God has already given you. Don't waste it on on worthless things. Do well with it. Invest. Save. Be smart with your money. And then number four, don't be stingy. Go pick. I, I challenge you, seriously. This is a real challenge. Next time you go out to to lunch with your friends or whatever, grab the bill. I mean, seriously. If you can't do that, next time you go through the drive-thru, just say, hey, whatever they get in the behind me, I'll pay for. What can it actually be? Like, what can the damage be? Seriously. Don't be stingy with money. Be generous. Always have an open hand. Don't be cheap. Don't try to save. Don't be clipping coupons and try to save 13 cents. It's a bad look. Looks like a person that's worried, that has no faith. Don't be stingy. Let me pray for you. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to go to bed. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for every single young person listening that has a desire to increase in the area of finances, that has a desire to grow rich for your sake, to abound in finances, to fund your kingdom and do what you've called them to do. Lord, I pray that you would help them in every single area that we've talked about. And Lord, as you see our faithfulness with what you've given us, that you would bless us with even more. We thank you that you're taking us to a new level in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I love you guys. Check out all the episodes that we have out, over 25 episodes, I'm guessing now. We've got a lot going on in the Instagram, the.last.gen. We do live streams. We do a bunch of cool stuff. I love you. Stay up to date with what we're doing because I'm going to start dropping announcements on Instagram. um, And that's where you want to be. I love you guys. Have a great day. Check back in with you later.